All right, welcome everyone to Preferred Lives, the official podcast of New Hampshire Golf. I'm your host, Dave Long, and uh, we are on the road at Lake Sunapee Country Club today in the beautiful course looks great. Matt uh, uh, Schmidt and Scott Peters are here. Matt's the executive director of the New Hampshire Golf Association, and Scott, of course, is the president and founder of Golf and Ski Warehouse. And today's show is to recap the British Open, or as they prefer to say, uh, in England, and especially uh, Boris Johnson likes to say, the Open Championship. <laughs> so, uh, big show. Uh, I don't know, I, I, there a couple things. First of all, we're going to talk about the British Open and Shane Lowry's uh, great win, countrymen, some noted failures, uh, surprises for some people, uh, PGA news and notes we're going to talk about, although there's um, actually the FedEx Cup is this week in Memphis, Tennessee, and the and the, pack, the WGC. FedEx Cup doesn't start for two more weeks. I mean, the FedEx, FedEx St. St. Jude World Golf Championship yes. in yes. Memphis. Is We're mixing week. metaphors. Whatever. That. Anyway, they're playing in Memphis, and it's a... <laughs> whatever, Matt. And it's a... <laughs> yes. Whatever. No, I was going to ask, why is... But FedEx is the sponsor of that, because... Well, well, FedEx base. is a year-long thing in the playoffs. This right. is a specific... Tennis. No, I know that, but they're right at, kind of on top of each other, two weeks apart. It didn't sound like you know, that's all. I did. Okay, I did. Okay. I made a perfect... I may not even have something here to ask this question. Dave, looks, Dave looks fresh with his haircut. But I... But I, uh, I think he looks very nice. He does. Okay. All right. I got it yesterday. Okay. Looks good. And, good. and it, was a new, it was a new person who did it, oh, so that's always... That, tri- at least you're not doing it yourself. No, no. I, I tried that in college. That didn't work out. Number three <laughs> setting and just let her go. Yeah, no, you got to kind of watch them in the beginning. But she was, she was good. She listened to directions and, and did it correctly. What was so, her name? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the most chatty guy in the. In the uh, you are. I bet you're probably uh, like. You know, I'm. I'm not afraid of chatting with the gal cutting my hair. No, well, usually it starts out with the weather and what are you doing this weekend and all yeah. that. Now, do you so go to the I, place I, where you can sit in the fire engine while they cut your hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the reason I go. As a matter of fact, it's the FedEx fire engine. It's okay, just funny yes. enough. But anyway, the uh, uh, the reason I mentioned the FedEx St. Jude's, which used to be the Danny Thomas Make Room for Daddy Classic way back when, uh, there's a big, there's a full field. Uh, there, I was surprised in the weekend. Well, it's a world show. golf championship, right. so a big money, uh, big FedEx points, and uh, it's one of their. You know, it, this is all part of the challenge of this, the new schedule, right? I mean, you have, get off a major and you have a world golf championship yeah. the next week, and could Royal Port Rush be different than Memphis or much <laughs> different than Memphis? So it's it's all part of the new yeah. schedule. Humidity is probably the same. I was going to say it's probably like a hundred degrees more, right? Right. Uh, especially on Sunday, so Sunday to Thursday. So that, that that's kind of the odd thing. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. But to me, the, the closing schedule uh, this year is, you know, it's in Atlanta, which is where the, the uh, uh, Tour Championship uh, and um, where's the Wyndham is in where? Greensboro, North Carolina. Right. And then so, the, so hot locations to close right. in August, so right. it just seems a little bit would odd you, to me, What anyway. would you think of the idea if they moved a World Golf Championship event the week after the British but did it somewhere over there? And then you have a, a, essentially the Wyndham and then FedEx starts. So you're going to have... Know, I think that's... Part, I mean, the challenge obviously is, is, you know, you get the Irish Open, Scottish Open, British Open, then you're suggesting another week. I'm not sure the PGA Tour would love that. Yeah, probably not. Right. Um, so... But to your point, the logistics at least of this there's are sort of a little sort con- of odd. consistency for right. the guys. Right, it probably that probably hurts the other two that lead up to the. Well, again, though, it's part of the challenge. There are it's a condensed schedule with a lots of big tournaments, and and how do you fit it all in in a seamless manner? And I think yeah. they're struggling to. Right, I think that I think that's a good way to say it. Uh, also, we have so we are going to do our uh, final word and predictions at the end of the program, but we're going to lead off. Uh, I should say before we get started that uh, the presenting sponsor, Preferred Lies, is Golf and Ski Warehouse, where you want to go for the best selection, service, and savings, swing by <laughs> Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon, New Hampshire, and in Scarborough when you're in Maine. I mean, I'll take blame for that. Uh, you yes, should. Okay, thank you. Just, just trying to keep you happy. That. Yeah. So learn more and get directions on how to get to those four locations at golfskiwarehouse.com. Uh, let's do news and notes uh, from the British Open, some leftovers. Uh, biggest surprise in your mind? 
before we get to Shane Lowry and the and the, yeah, I mean it's hard to say Shane Lowry. I was going to say the winner and how he did I mean, it. Probably the only reason I guess I wouldn't call that the biggest surprise is because you know it wasn't part of any of our topics. And so if you want to defer to some of our topics, and it's probably Rory, although Josh Chamberlain, our guest last week, would say it wasn't a surprise no, at he all. Nailed, he nailed it until he backtracked totally. Well, and, and in fairness, you know, you gotta you got to give Rory credit for the second round, and, and he missed by a shot. But I was certainly surprised. I mean, how can you not be surprised with with a, a 79 from, from Rory, a 78 from... Uh, Tiger. Tiger and a 77 from Phil or something, oh, 76, something like that. I and mean, a 91 from David Duval. Yeah, and that's okay. a whole other subject, which I actually find admirable. I mean, not the score, obviously, but how he, he handled the whole situation. So, I don't know. I guess the biggest surprise for me are, are, is probably Rory, for lack of a better way to put it. I mean, other than Shane Lowry. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely, outside the winner. Um, I mean, he could stand up there for a month with a bucket of balls. Every day, it hit them all, and he wouldn't hit a single one out of bounds. And then he wouldn't hit his second shot into an unplayable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, when was the last time? But, you know, all that said, he misses by a shot, and all the things that happened, I still blame him because he got ridiculously careless on a one-foot putt. You're right. I mean, you've never seen him do that. When was the last time you think he had a triple and a quad? Right. And a double in the same round when he was Well, the Northern Northern Irishman had a hard time with 18 as it was because all three of them tripled 18 in the first or second round. Darren Clark, Graham McDowell, and Rory all tripled 18. Um, And look, it's... I, I mean, obviously I like Rory, but, I mean, it's just... It was hard to watch him Friday, the emotion he had after he finished. I mean... Flat out crime in the Sky Sports interview, um, and really you don't see that every day. Feeling no. that he let everyone down, and how much he wished that that it all ended differently, and and that was a side of him I don't think. So, with that in mind, what's your take on the Brandel Chambly uh, spin of that? And I'll preface by saying um, I like Brandel only because I think he does his homework and offers great opinions. I certainly don't agree with everything, um, but he's not afraid of being bold and being aggressive and saying things that maybe either you shouldn't say or people wouldn't say. He said Rory's a choker after the first round. And I was curious what your thought on that was. I would say that he, he does not respond in big, big, big events or big rounds. I think since it was. His, isn't since, that what I said last week? Since he qualified, since he, I'll qualify it, since he won his fourth major. So that's a big since, yeah. right? I mean, I would uh, say he's had some letdowns in some pretty um, meaningful events where he has not played his best. I, I mean, I, I don't really necessarily like to use the word choker. It's I, I really, it's really hard to win. And well, but I'm this is, I think, We're is seventy nine on his home course that with you, with the right. weight of weight of his home country on his shoulders i mean i think relatively it's relatively good that day i mean i i don't know i i don't it, it's obviously it was it was mentioned. i would say right. it's easier to say he choked in the final round of the masters when he duck hooked sure. one out of bounds on sure. 10 then this i saw something on twitter and i forget which golf reporter it was that said anybody who thought that having this event here was good for rory doesn't know rory Basically saying he was not going to be able to put all of the other stuff that went along with this aside and go play and embrace the moment and win. For him, it was the opposite. He couldn't. He couldn't separate the two. Hard not to suggest that was dead on. Yeah, isn't that what we were? One of the things we've talked about in the past that guys, you can't try too hard, and it meant too much to him. It It, did. It looks like same thing with the uh, in at the Masters and some of the others. It looks like it means too much to him, and he puts too much into it. And by you know by his emotion and the reaction at the end of it, to me, you know, said, says that's exactly what it was with him. And what I said was, I don't like the word choker either, and I didn't use that. I said he's not. Is is it that he's not a rise to the occasion golfer? Meaning, in those things where he really wants it, he doesn't. He, when he wins and when he plays well, it's because. The talent's taken over, and it's not too much thinking. But when he's really got that thing that he really wants, it seems to get in the way. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to agree. I thought Joker was way too strong, and yet yeah. we're kind of dancing around the same thing, right? I mean, you both are saying something similar to choking without the word. And I, while I agree with you, 
Um, he clearly, I mean, it makes you wonder if he'll ever win the Masters, right? Because that's a significant hurdle to get over. He wants right. to, he wants to win the Career Grand Slam. And, and based I think on he what wants to said, win that one so badly that I, I think right. you have to ask that question that he couldn't handle this. And I'm not saying that that's negative. I don't think a lot of people would have been able to handle it when he's the greatest golfers. And yet he came in playing as good, if not better, than anybody. And it's it just I, I think when he when he puts that pressure on himself, it seems like, or when he lets those outside voices start dictating what he does and what he thinks, he can't handle that. He can't separate just me and the golf course and yeah. go play. Yeah. I mean, because he shot sixty five in the second round. So to right. your point, right. he obviously was in pretty good form, but Thursday was a fiasco. Well, plus he, it, it was over. Well, he had he was trying to make the cut. So right. so, but but you know, essentially no he wasn't risk. going to win. He knew that. Well, and, and essentially he wasn't going to make the cut. You know what I mean? Right. So it's Almost easier, to, <laughs> right? Because he didn't think he could. He freewheeled it. This is not. This is you know. It's more than three universes apart. But it, to me, he in a way reminds me. His issue here reminds me of myself as a player in that every time I stopped trying to make a birdie with every shot and thought I should make every putt, was so consumed by what I was going to score and forgot about that, I got to be a better player, you know, to the level I am, but a better player than I was. And it's because I was trying too hard on every play and it was binding me up. It's so competitive. And it seems to me that he's, you know, and, and this is even this is even more because pride of hometown and all that sure. was wrapped up into it as well. And uh, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I, I saw that interview and I just felt bad for him. Oh, you couldn't help but feel bad. And and I think you guys have both said things that I totally agree with. That just, you know, he clearly wanted it too much. He yeah. clearly tried too hard, and he couldn't get out of his own way. So that was the, that was a surprise. All right, my biggest surprise was that uh, there was not a physical altercation when Brooks Kepka was playing with J.B. Holmes, the fastest player and the slowest player. I don't think J.B. did himself any favors this week, to be honest with you. No, I, I thought he, he handled himself fairly poorly. Yeah. You know, look, I, at, he's, he's, he's cocky to a, to a good degree, borderline arrogant. I thought his comments about, you know, A, you know, if you see me, I never practice. I only practice for majors. If you see me playing golf, it's the only time I'm playing golf. And, and then he comes off the third round and says, I hit it better than anyone else in the field. Well, first of all, how do you know that? Second of all, Shane Lowry shot 63. <laughs> yeah. um, it was sort of like, I'm better than you. You're lucky I didn't putt well. Kind so you're of talking thing. about Brooks, right? This is all Brooks. Yeah. These are all Brooks' comments. And then, and then now it, to it the was, slow play thing, I mean, I don't know. I, I I think he ought to be a little bit careful, in my opinion. I think that his his physical talents are admirable. Um, he's clearly so a you, mentally tough athlete, but boy, he's he's bordering on unlikable sometimes. With some so, do stuff. you think this was a reaction to? I really didn't have it this week, but there has to be. I have to. I'm still hitting it better than anybody. And even though when it's it's obvious that you weren't, you didn't play the best this week. You didn't right. play second best this week. And then it's almost like he could use, what did he start? Yeah, bogey, 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 bogey on right. Sunday. And right. now you can use JB as your crutch to say. Totally. There's certainly some deflection there. The first comments I, I referenced were more to the fact that he doesn't care about any other events other than majors. I don't think that's a very good thing to be saying. And, and again, you could argue that's deflecting, you know. Because you're not winning them, you don't care about them? Yeah. Or do you actually not care this about This is a comment I was looking in at the... Uh, some stories about the St. Jews this week, and they've got odds of people. Incidentally, Rory and uh, DJ are favored at 10 to 1 in this thing. Yeah. But uh, they get down to John Rahm and Kepka are 12 and 1, and the guy said about Kepka, he goes, uh, Kepka is 12, and, uh, 12 to 1. He crushes his course, but he does not crush non majors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. it's true. I mean, so anyway. Um, Look, at JB is difficult to watch. He's painfully slow. Brooks is fast. There's no question that was a challenge. But you know what? They, they didn't have anywhere to go. It's right. not like they were. I don't think they were, you know, on the clock. I don't think they were way behind the group in front of them. And JB shot 87. I mean, that's... <laughs> How about the one when he, was, he went into the trees oh, and came out? The, was that like the 16th? So it was a perfect storm. So, I don't know. Isn't um, JB weird? Isn't he a guy that... 
Seems like he should be easy to root for. He's had, what, two brain sur- right. surgeries right. and, you know, kind of this underdog story. Right. And, and yet everybody... Good old boy from Kentucky yes, rips everybody it, you know. hates him. And I, I don't know if it's a hate him, but, but you know, again... He represents, from a slow correct, sta- standpoint, correct. slow He's play standpoint, child. everything that's wrong with... I, I do agree with that. ...with pace of play. It tough, so. Yeah, it, it does. I, it's... And look, I, wouldn't I, wanna, I don't like playing with slow players. I, it drives me crazy. I don't. I, I will say I don't like him because of how slow he plays. Right. I, I and if he gets made an example of, so be it. I mean, if he has to be the one, and look, he got eviscerated well, all got week. A, you know, we we we've gotten pretty you know opinionated about pace of play, and they've got to do something. And maybe it starts with players calling other players out. Who knows? But until they yeah, I thought it was weird too with Kepka because especially by Sunday. It was all over social media for three days. Everybody knew he was slow and how long it was totally. taken. And it's like, are you surprised? You knew what it was going to be like. Right. And the whole walk away thing, I mean, what are you trying to prove? We all know he's slow. Right. Couldn't agree more. So it's a, it's a, it's, I don't think he did himself any favors, I guess is what I was saying earlier. Yeah. All right. How about the Xander Shoffley nonconforming driver uh, controversy, which he was pretty vocal about. And uh, again, I don't think you know people handled that well. I think the RNA screwed up. I think Xander didn't help himself either. I mean, the RNA. Look, they only test a third of the players. Right there is unfair. That's, that's unfair. Um, there were multiple infractions, but we only know of one. I don't know if that was the RNA's fault or Xander's fault. Um, but again, that's unfair. Um, Callaway gets a bad rap, although it was non-conforming. I'm sure it was like other drivers, like a PXG and a TaylorMade. They were non-conforming. They're all on the edge, so I don't necessarily view that as being a big deal. It was just a perfect storm of lousy stuff. And, and again, Xander didn't handle it well. He, he, uh, I could understand his frustration. You know, why do I have to change drivers when two-thirds of the field haven't been tested? Yeah. I don't think that's fair. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, but it was a bit of a black eye for a lot of people. Well, what's involved in the testing? So it's COR, it's spring. I mean, they, right. if the faces are too hot. And so they they randomly, I suppose, pick a third of the field and test them. It seems to me you know, either ought to test them all or none. Right. Um, that, How long that, does it take to test it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think very long. I mean, yeah, I don't, it doesn't seem like it was a long process. You know, but you got to do it before Tuesday yeah. because if it's non-conforming, you got to give the guy a chance to... to Get so here's, here's something I don't know. Driver. Boy, good good uh, segue. But here's my question. And, and I don't it, know the answer. You can do that in West Lebanon, <laughs> Hudson. Well done. Greenland, then, and if you're in Maine, screw Maine is technically closer. So, so anyway. Xander has to get a new driver. Do they test that one? What if he got a new one? I mean, I'm, I just don't know. I ask out of ignorance. Well, it's like if you they make you pee in a cup once and you fail, like, can you just... just <laughs> You know, I mean, start hitting the ball right away then because you know you're not going to get tested I'm curious, again. though, because... It's if, a good question. If it was Alex Rodriguez, he probably would have got the exact same one and tried to get by him. my guess head. is, you know, he chooses between three or four different heads that he's trying and he picks one. I mean, do they test that? I, I don't know the answer. I, my guess is no, but I don't know. I would, I would guess not. Once yeah. you tested and failed, you probably... Because they don't test good. it during the, during the tournament. Yeah. It's only before the tournament. Yeah. So I think... I understand why they do it. I think it's okay to do it, but I think they have to work on the fairness issue. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if there is a problem or there could be a problem, I don't have any problem with testing it, but everybody right. should be tested. I mean, that's just, you know, because if he happened to be one of the people not tested, then he's playing with an illegal driver. Sure. I or non-conforming driver. I guarantee driver. more polite than I am. But. That there were people with non-conforming drivers that weren't tested. I'm yeah. sure of it. And what do you do if you're him? And you see, and you know, whatever, somehow you know that someone's doing it. Do you not say anything once it's going on? It happens. Well, some nobody, people would. Nobody some knows. Like, I may have, I don't know if it's conforming or not. You buy it off the shelf. I mean, the reality is that we may be selling some based on the fact the margin is so small. Oh. And there's no testing. So nobody knows it's non-conforming. Oh. So it's not like he knew it was non-conforming and was using it. He just had one that was non-conforming. All right. Well, that, that, they they all make them right up to the edge, and there's a there's a margin oh, yeah. of error that you know you you can play within. But this was slightly outside the margin. Of oh, error. I see. So it could be percentage points. Correct. Just because Correct. there's maybe a lack of precision, total well, precision. You're, you're in think making. about it. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's 
You want it to be as hot as possible without it being. And too how hot. are you supposed to know it? I mean, I guess if you're a player, you point. can check. You don't know. And one of his frustrations was he's being, you know, heckled by some players, and then the word gets to the fans, and people were saying cheater to him, which I think is yeah. totally unfair. Yeah, totally. Um, Especially if you don't know. I well, mean, I don't like, like anyone knows. Right. Yeah, it's not like you go to a rack and there's a list. There's on the left are the non-conforming, on the right are the conforming. You grab a non-conforming, hope you don't get caught. That's not how it works. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, I, I mean, in hockey, I, I, can I? you grab a stick with a curve too big and hope you don't get, don't get caught. That right. happens or all the time. But you know when it's too big a curve. Right. But, right. Well, I'm sure the people who, if there was that non-conforming thing that they thought they could get away with, there were some. Maybe it's not possible. in golf. Maybe not in golf. Other sports yeah. for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, finally, some um, uh, big names got cut this week, as we mentioned a couple. Tiger, uh, Phil, Rory, Adam Scott. Boy, was Tiger so, I mean, I after, mean, how, how, after how, nine you, you holes, right. his body language says, and he even said it, which I can't believe he said, I want to go home. It's almost like it's unbelievable, a little boy saying, I want to go home, Mommy. I'm not having fun. I mean, you could tell. I almost thought he was going to withdraw watching him play the first round. It just seems like he was not into it at all. And isn't that basically what well, in a diff, you were saying last week? Right. You know, we were right on with like a number of things yes. last week, weren't we? But, uh, you know, as you, you were saying, you were saying that, um, you know, that the win at the Masters was basically in his mind to, or all he really, all he really needed. You know, now he, he got over that hump and now he's, Got what he wanted, but Certainly isn't it? It's in it. I mean, how much do you think this is going back to the health issue? It is what we've always talked about is, and I think I said this last week. I heard an interview with Steve Sands where the guy had back fusion surgery, and his job is to do something where you're torquing your back every couple minutes. And I mean, yeah, I, I think know. that's. The I, one. I don't know. I, I it's hard to be critical of that because I literally don't know. But right. I don't, it seems like if you can swing at 110, 15 miles an hour, I, I don't know. He doesn't. He's played ten rounds before, from the Masters to the first round of the British Open. Is that a health issue? I don't know. Well, stories. I I saw a number of stories that really talked about that wearing on him. It is that he, he has a tough time maintaining, and I would say unless that's an ongoing thing versus just something in the year after, like some, you know, athlete, Gordon Haywood, for instance, you know, an extra year to get back to where you were, if he does, uh, maybe that's the case. If not, what does that say about him going well, forward? Well, I guess one of my questions when I say I don't know is he seems to, if he plays a bad round, have bad health. He never right. seems to have right. bad health with a good round. And I don't mean that. I mean, maybe that's true. I, I don't know, but it, it certainly seems like there's a correlation to how he's feeling and his health and his scores, but is a chicken or egg? I don't know. Well, he gave the everything's fine health-wise except for the normal stuff in the lead-up to this right. event. And, you know, I thought it was interesting, too, that in his, I don't know if it was his Wednesday press conference, he was also giving the golf's not the most important thing to me, my kids are more important, and mom and dad were, we're always more important. We've never heard and, from him. It's weird, isn't it? At a year where he... he well, it almost speaks to our point last week, which is he went to the mountaintop again that he never thought he would, and it almost seems like, at least for 2019... I don't care if I ever do enough. again, yeah. I think it's that. I think it's for good. I, don't, I think he's hit So that you think point. in the 2020 Masters he won't be geared up and ready to go and potential... Maybe you know because I mean? he thinks he can win that one more than the others because yeah. he knows the course. The course fits him better. You know, but you've argued Pebble Beach. I mean, you know, yeah. so it's yeah. interesting. I, you know, Beth Page, he had great success. Um, is it bad health because he can't put his driver in the fairway? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that the first three stories after Thursday's event were Tiger, 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 and fourth was oh by the way, JB Holmes leads. So I won't, I'm not going to mention that. So although I did, you're a big I man. Did, I, did, <laughs> I did in an email to you. Yes, you did. <laughs> I have a trouble, trouble letting that get by. Uh, another surprise was Danny Willett. Uh, a, 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 a sighting. Played pretty well. Found a, wound up, what, fifth? I think First. it's great. You know, I'm not yeah. necessarily a Danny Willett fan, but right. it speaks to and it's admirable of, of, A, how difficult the game is, how low you can go, but, but admirable how hard he's fought to get yeah. back right. and being relevant again. Right. 
Um, I'm a little surprised that he's playing as well as he is, but at the same time, I was equally surprised playing as bad as he did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit. The first-time major winners seem to disappear really they quickly. Do. I was thinking about Jimmy Walker. Has he even sniffed anything since he won his PGA? I mean, you go I think, through I think these... he went back to the NBA. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's interesting um, that a lot of these first-time winners of majors seem to struggle in the year two, three afterwards. Which, you know, segue, be curious to see how Shane Lowry handles it. Do you think that's a function of the age those guys were when they won? More in that 30-plus age range where you've grinded for so long and you've reached that mountaintop and maybe you take the foot off the gas just a little bit versus... Guys who maybe win younger and they're still driven to do it more, and you know that's what they're focused on. And I want to do it again, and I want to experience that again. I don't know. I mean, that, yeah, that, it's interesting. So I think that um, clearly majors are hard to win now because look at all how many first-time winners in the decade. By the way, can we add Tommy Fleetwood to the list of guys who will win a major championship? You think so? I, you definitely you would. would. So, but I thought Lee Westwood would too. So you never know. Um, so, so, questionably managed the. I'd say the last 12 holes, Tommy Fleetwood, other than hitting the ball well. I just think he was putting poorly. He had an opportunity early on to make some putts to make a difference. I mean, imagine if he makes and Lowry misses on the first hole on the mm-hmm. Sunday round. It's a three-shot swing on the first hole. Don't you think the dynamics in the final round plays out yeah. dramatically different? So he had opportunities in the early in that final round to make a few putts to change sort of... Um, He's making think about it. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I think... Going from four to one in a hurry right. changes right. everything. So to me, it was more of a putting. He just didn't putt very well. Right. He can hit the ball, though, can he? Great. Mm-hmm. And you know that kind of golf is really good for him. He hits the ball solid, and in windy conditions, that's a good thing. Yep. Uh, and you wanted to mention the David Duval thing, the struggles, but well, look, but, I mean, I it's another great example of somebody who won one major and it's kind of disappeared. It's it's. Um, you know, I find him to be a very classy individual. I'm amazed at how good he was. I mean, he was not only good. I mean, I think it was fair to argue that Tiger feared him as much, if not more, than any opponent that he had. And he has just been scary bad. I mean, like, stunningly bad. And, and uh, I mean, you know, he, was, he was a player of the year. He was a leading money winner. Arguably, I mean, he was as good a Tiger when Tiger was on yep. his, in his heyday. And, and uh, boom. You know, and, and his games disappeared, but because he won the British Open, he has until age 60 to play in it. So he really is sort of a ceremonial golfer. Right. Although I do know that he played in the, gosh, I hate calling this the Corn Ferry Tour event the week before. <laughs> and, and I know he played with, I think he played with Owen Brown Jr. and hit the ball great. And so I know he came into the British Open with some relative confidence. It was like 200 through 7, wasn't he? It's unbelievable. And then, you know, the 14 and all that, I guess... What I want to acknowledge is how admirable it is to, A, he posted the number, but his quotes afterward I I thought were spectacular, which is, I'm a professional golfer. When you put it in the ground, you putt out, you make a score, and you post a score, that's what you do. You know, I'm not happy. I'm slightly embarrassed, but that's what I do. And and I thought it was incredibly refreshing. He then goes out and it's like eight over after eight the second round. So he's a zillion over, but... He was one under in the last nine, mm-hmm. which, you know, is, is you know, again, speaks to the craziness of golf. But I thought, you know, it, in this it, day and age, when you see people quit and no card and withdraw for all kinds of reasons, I thought it was What do you think John Daly would have done under those same he circumstances? He would have never finished 18. I, I never finished fin- He wouldn't have finished. He would have, he wouldn't have finished the hole that he got the 14. What was that, the eighth hole? You know what the, easy, the easy thing is to quit. Of course. Yes. The hard thing is to turn your card in. Well, this is the first round. It would be easier to not show up today, too. Yep. Um, you know, there are all kinds of easy ways out. I, I mean, he could have given a, you know, I tweaked my back on a hole. Totally. And, and I just, you know, it was, I wanted to finish, but I, I can't play tomorrow. But you know what? I give him credit, too. Because I have great respect for the fact he teed it up. If you play in a tournament, score. you ought to play however many holes they're going to let you play. I've he never done withdrawn. With I've never no carded. He could have done what Heinrich Stenson did. On what was it, the fifteenth and the last one, he, he shanked one, and they. In fact, there was a debate on the broadcast. You shouldn't yeah, say a shank. Defective shaft, I think. Yeah, it was shot. defective when he was done. That was non-conforming. After that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw his caddy playing, trying to tape it together afterward. But uh, 
Anyway, um, all right. The tournament itself, scale of one to ten, what do you give it? A uh, one being the lowest, ten being the highest. As a well, as we haven't really even watch. acknowledged the winner yet. We I should. Win. All right, but I, all right. That take it back. Let's acknowledge the winner. Who was it again? <laughs> I think his Shane round Lowry. on Saturday was one of the most impressive rounds in a major championship in a long time. So I was in the car for the front nine and listening to it on XM radio. And, and I remember at one time they said there were 15, this is a front nine on Saturday. There are 15 players within two shots. And I'm thinking, this is going to be unbelievable, right? I mean, all these players, all these great players. And within two hours of that, all of a sudden, essentially, it was, you could argue, a two-horse race mm-hmm. because Shane Lowry's round. I mean, Boom. the he's, 63 he's playing was... Eight, he's playing 18 to shoot 62. Unbelievable, right? So, and, and, you know, nobody was shooting those scores. So that was, to me, that's when he won the tournament. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, I don't think it's a fluke. In some ways, you could argue he's underachieved a little bit, but Shane Lowry's a great player. He's won a World Golf Championship at Firestone, I think it was. He's... He's won another one at uh, Abu Dhabi or something recently. Dubai, I think. Dubai was it? Yeah. Um, so he's legit. He's probably underachieved slightly, but I don't think it's a fluke by any stretch. I think he was thirty something in the world. Um, so he was the best player, deserved to win. Good and sure. you know, again, those conditions are great for those players who are from that area. He played That's in wind. Right. He played Lynx golf. He played in rain. Right. He won the Irish Open when he was an amateur in pouring rain. I you mean, know what the best part about that was? that I, I don't know if I read it on Twitter. His mom bet on him that week of the Irish right. Open when he was... Right. I mean, it's just the most Irish thing ever, right. isn't it? She goes and puts money down at the local bookie on her kid. 50, yep. 50 quid. That's hilarious. Right? Uh, IG, just, he, he played great. He was and, the best player. And yeah. i got to say, I don't know if you saw on social media, but they posted him in a... Did you see it in the mm-hmm. Irish bar yep. that night? I mean... I thought that was the coolest celebration and, and something that I think in many ways people could watch and learn from. And the joy, the unadulterated joy of him and the Irish people in this pub. He was singing an Irish song with a claret jug in one hand and a pint in the other. Was he drinking and, out of the claret jug? Oh, yeah. And, I think and he was everybody in the bar anything. was singing. I mean, not just sort of, I mean, they were, it was very, very cool. And it was hard not to appreciate the meaningful nature of that victory for not only him, but... But uh, both Northern what, Ireland did, and... What does that say about... Um, it seems when someone in uh, England or Ireland or uh, specifically that, but other European teams, when players win in there in big events like the U.S. of uh, the British Open, there, it's a much bigger celebration by the country and well, the country. Look at the three guys who won the majors this year for us. Tiger, Brooks, and Gary Woodland. <laughs> I mean, you're not getting a lot out of three of those. You're not getting a lot of joy and celebration. I mean, I right. have no doubt that it meant great deal to all of them. But the way to your but point, I'm talking about the other to the to the people watching. Well, haven't European golfers always comported themselves with a bit more flair and yeah, yeah, and panache, yeah. if you want to say that, yeah. than and, necessarily and their American counterparts? Well, I think it's one of the reasons why they've done so well in the Ryder Cup. Right, right? they're all in this thing together, and and, and the, the level of pride is second to none. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You know, at Beth Page, you got a bunch of New York knuckleheads screaming mashed potatoes. You know, when they hit a drive during the PGA, whereas in Ireland, it's it's such a different. Well, did you mindset. see Saturday? I saw something on social media that the crowd around eighteen. The la- it had been an hour since the last group, since Lowry had holed out. They were still in the stands singing. You know, and you just don't get that here. You it don't. reminds me a little yeah. bit of soccer, too. Uh, absolutely. You know, right? I mean, it's, you know, pride in your team, pride in your country, pride in your countrymen. I don't know. It's, it is different. It is special, though, too. How much of it is they want to beat the Americans, you think? Well, I think there's some of that, but, you know, I you think it's now a lot of world. It's like beating the Yankees around here. Yeah, um, but he beat Tommy Fleetwood, you know what right. I mean? And so, in many ways... But, yeah, and I still think to the kids over there, yeah, they probably look up to Lowry, an Irish kid, but they still, they love Jordan, and they love Brooks, and they love Tiger, and they love all the American players as well. And I think those guys would even acknowledge that to the real golf fans over there, the big tour is still over here, and that's sure. what people pay attention to. And um, when you're watching and there's an American versus European, I'm making that up here, but do you find yourself cheering for the American more? It depends on who it is. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. I mean, so it really does. There is that partisanship, right? So we all have it right. to some degree. I think they have it maybe a little bit more, um, but more in a positive way. 
Whereas we would cheer against somebody more right. than they would I, ever I think cheer that's spot somebody. on. Where if you know if it was Spieth and and Lowry coming down to the wire, I think there would have been very much a lot of reverence for Jordan and the fact that he's won no before doubt. and he's a past champion. Whereas to your point, if it's Beth Page, every time the Euro's in the bad shot, yeah. you know, it's, totally. it's yeah, who I, I, I think there's an arrogance on the, in American fans who just expect the Americans to win, even though uh, that doesn't always happen. Haven't certainly hasn't happened in the Ryder Cup. But I just think there's a different attitude among, you know, as you were talking about, people at Beth Page. Well, I and mean, also the fans at Beth Page are not like the fans in, in, in Northern Ireland or in the British Open because it's more part of their culture. It's mm-hmm. more right. who they are. Whereas, you know, a PGA is just another big event. Like, you right. know, the, when the World Series or a Super Bowl or I, this, you know. Hey, so let's, let's go to the PGA and get right. hammered and watch guys play golf. I, I mean, unfortunately, totally that's the reality. Different, it's, different dynamics. Yeah. yeah, that's not a good thing. It isn't, it, but I mean, it's, it's no. I think mean, getting hammered at watching a golf tournament is like it's not a terrible thing. Yeah, but it's, I, I would agree. After a while, you get tired. Man. It's there like, are worse ways to spend it. We're talking about the management of it. <laughs> right. That I get. <laughs> anyway, but you know, it's easier when it's sixty having a beer than when it's ninety having a beer. Right. Well, but the thing about golf, for the most part, you're standing up, watching, following. You're you're at a Red Sox game. You're sitting down, right? Or just been knocked down or something. Oh boy, but was that rain coming down there on Sunday? <laughs> what did you see, Justin Thomas? That was the worst conditions I've ever played in that before. And you know, the difference is, and they acknowledge this on the on the telecast. We don't play in rain like this in the states because ninety nine percent of the time it's lightning with the rain. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have lightning, so when you go across the pond on a, on a golf trip with the guys. If it's raining, there's no, are we going to play? You're playing. You bring anticipating playing. And so it's more of the norm. But, boy, when it comes down sideways, mm-hmm. my goodness. You know, when you're holding your umbrella not above you but to the side. When you have to hold it with two hands like this to the side. <laughs> now, so to Dave's, Dave's question about the tournament, I think you got to acknowledge, too, that, boy, the weather is what protects those golf courses to a large extent. Yeah, when you don't course. have the weather, of course. it's just, it's it's too well, easy. Difference between Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. You know, and the 63 could have been 62. And Thursday and Friday were relatively benign. So when you say it's too easy, what do you mean by that? You mean, do they, should they do something about it or just accept the fact that that's I, what I, it is? Personally, I think you just accept it. It is what it is. I you know, agree. and sometimes you luck out and you have what would entertain us four days where it's, Windy and rainy and cold and would the USGA allow that though? They haven't been able to let that go. Generally, they've been they've been more concerned with par than they right. Have. Yeah, I mean they. You know, it seems like the RNA basically says, "Look, if the weather comes, it comes. Right. If it doesn't, what can we do about right. it?" You know, the golf course is what it is. Even the Masters has given in to the fact that they like under par scores yeah. and they like the roars on Sunday. And uh, anyway, it's interesting. How can you not? Like those roars, like since especially you know in the Masters, especially when they're they're handling the par fives and they're getting birdies or sure. eagles, sure. And there's a lot of them, sure. And the, and the other beauty of their par fives is you can make a seven pretty easily as well. Right. So there's that whole volatility aspect. Well, see, my, but my attitude about that is that the golf everybody's still playing the same course, whether it's easier on Saturday because of the weather or harder on Sunday. And the idea is to identify the best golfer in that particular four day period. So I don't have any problem with with if if you're if you're not manufacturing bad scores, or as you said the USJ does with pars uh, or even par. I'm okay with that. Because now where did where did Phil win? Remind me. What the British Open? The British. So then that's a very right. difficult very. golf course. So you know they still have those kinds of places in the rotation yeah. where. Well, St Andrews is the best example. With conditions, it's a really hard yeah. golf course. With benign conditions, they, I mean, they eat it up. Yep. Twenty under par wins, and and they don't, you know, again, that's what it, it is. is. What it is, you know, yeah. yeah. The old phrase, "rub of the green," you know, that's why the tee times matter so much because mm-hmm. you can get elements early or late that the other half doesn't get. So I personally think it is what it is, and they should allow more birdies, you know, in general. Um, but there's no question it's a different Well, I game. mean, and you have to be careful there, too, because you say, oh, the weather forecast is fine. You start double, triple cutting greens, and let's put a whole location here. Well, there, like that, maybe the weather blows in, and now you've decided to trick the golf course up to make it less accessible because you thought it was going to be decent weather now the weather's come in and it's blowing and it's windy and it's raining and you got golf course conditions that are 
darn near impossible at that point. So I, I think it's fine for them. They they don't look. It is what it is. So I thought the tournament itself was great, except for the somewhat anticlimactic nature of the last nine. I, it would have been a ten out of ten had it been a couple guys going down the stretch with some pressure on. But yeah. for the most part, it was a coronation more than it was. Yep. You know, a well, he was. He but at seven, eight, nine. He was struggling when he had three bogeys in a row. But Fleetwood couldn't take advantage. But, you know, it's hard. There was only one guy that could take advantage, right? Right. There wasn't five guys. And so um, had there been a tighter-knit bunch, then I think it might have been a lot more enjoyable for at least a a spectator's perspective. Yeah. All right. So, uh, all right, let me – I want to do something called now, Now What? For certain guys, but first, I want to uh, uh, mention that the presenting sponsor Preferred Lies is Golf and Ski Warehouse, where you want to go for the best selection, service, and savings. Swing by whoosh, Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, West Lebanon, in New Hampshire, and in Scarborough, Maine. Learn more about all the great products and and uh, I was going to say stuff, but that's not very eloquent. Uh, uh, golf accoutrements that stuff. are there, and uh, you can even check. You, you can't check if the drivers are conforming or not conforming, but they they have any driver you possibly could want, and you can get directions at golfskiwarehouse.com. All right, uh, I saw a column someplace that said, "Now what?" for the following people, and uh, I want to. Get your opinion of what now what you think now what is. We did a little bit about Tiger, but now what comes for Tiger? Are we just going to see him play the majors and not be as competitive? Or well, he's not. Is he's it, not going to pick himself to play on the Presidents Cup team, right? I mean, now there's no chance of that. Yeah. Is there? I don't see him picking Phil. So the immediate future, I don't see him playing a ton, and he won't pick himself, and he's going to take a lot of time off. Agreed. I, I mean, it'll be when's the hero thing and. Right, January he'll, or December. Do, do he, I think he'll play some FedEx Cup. Don't he you? said he's going to play them, and he's. But, I mean, he's. You know, doesn't sound like it's. You know, high in his priority list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this column that I saw was talking about his issue is recovery time with the condensed schedule between the Masters now PGA in May, June and July, and as you said, I I when I, I see once that a month, I don't. That's I, what I'm struggling with. Yeah. I, see, it was I such a weird reaction. More of a mental thing yeah. than it is physical. Is he mentally not there more than he's physically not there? Is, or is he mentally For, he, I mean, he flat out said, I need, I need a break from it all. What? Hello? <laughs> I think I've played so more golf he, than him this so year. since the Masters, <laughs> out of the two British, he's played 12 competitive rounds since early And he needs a break. Can he missed the cut twice in those two All events? three majors. All three, yes. So, you know, I, I, or is he mentally expecting that he's going to be hurt? You know, after he'd been hurt... You know, and it's chronic, and it's been there for a while. You're almost in your mind thinking, even if you feel good, is it going to happen again? I almost sense he doesn't. He's not mentally into it to put in the work to be as good as he can and should be. You know, because you can't just show up and win. You need to put in the work, and I sense that he right. isn't willing to right now work at it. Because to his comment, true or not, it's not the most important thing. It always was. It always was. So. You know, you got to go to the range. You got to practice. You got to, I mean, hit some balls. It just seems like he's not into it. So I, I don't know. All right. And I, you know, it's weird because it, during the comeback, we talked about this that he needs to play more. And it seemed like he, before he won last year, he was more apt to play in events where he would have, would not have in the right. past. And almost like it's now he's reverting back to 27 year old Tiger who didn't need to do that. And I'm only going to play in the stuff I want to play in and I don't need to play anything else. Well, now 44. Four, three, forty-three, going on forty-four-year-old yeah. Tiger yeah. can't do that anymore necessarily, and it's like he doesn't want to go slumming it in the you know right. the Wyndham. Safeway Open or Wyndham, and and maybe that's what he actually needs to be doing. Might be at the Barbizon next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> I doubt that. I don't Still think he would go for the world there, big guy. So. How much? Uh, do you remember how much Nicholas played when he was that age? 30, 43, 44? Yeah, he he played fifteen, eighteen tournaments. All right. How about uh, Phil Mickelson? The fast didn't work. Obviously, the uh, this column that I read said he's hit the age and it's over for him. Do you agree with that? Hmm. I mean, I think he's playing poorly. 
I think he can play well again, but it's hard not to think the age has something to do with it. He won this year. So, right. I mean, he, you have to acknowledge that, that he's, <clears throat> he's, he's won on the PGA Tour in the in I this calendar year. I think he's young, 49 physically. So, I mean, can he play well in the future? I think he can. He's certainly motivated to. I mean, sort of the anti-Tiger in that way. He wants to play well. He wants to be competitive. Yeah. Um, he's, but father time gets everybody, don't they? Doesn't yeah, and, he? and he was inconsistent his whole career. I don't think you get less inconsistent going forward. So I, you know, I just think he's challenged by age, by the style of his play. I don't and think by it's, the fact you've also got a lot of really good players. Yeah, I mean he's and he still hits it a long way, so he can still can compete yeah, with the younger so guys. That's what I mean by young for him. He's, yeah, it's not I mean, a but distance thing. It's, is is in this day, the twenty first century, twenty nineteen, players in other sports are playing, seem to be playing more. Players are playing late 30s into their 40s, uh, so they are. Ex- they seem to be extending. The most, the most obvious is Tom Brady, but extending beyond generations before them. Do you think that's the case in golf? Absolutely. I mean, let's use Jack as a reference. In '86, when he won, he was 46 years old. It was almost unheard of for 46 year olds. Yeah. Now, I'm not even wouldn't surprise me at all if people that old. I mean. Lee Westwood was in contention at 46. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think absolutely Steve Stricker is still competitive. He's over 50. Um, so, yes, I think that that bar has been moved for every athlete of every sport. Um, but it doesn't mean it's easier. It just means you can still be competitive. Right. All right, Rory, what, what, what do you think? Go, where does Rory go from here? I don't know. I mean, look, the guys won twice on tour this year. He won the players. Um, I, I guess it'll be, from my perspective, it'll be interesting to see what ultimately what this experience meant. And so we I had guess, earlier we had an over and under of seven and a half for Brooks Kepka and Majors. Let me ask the question: seven and a half for Rory, over under. I mean, how old is he? Thirty. So in the next ten years he of has, prime time golf, so he's he going to have forty tries. To win four. No. I, I think I think he's too good to say no. I mean, is that a cop out answer? I think he's no. too good to say definitively that he won't. Well, that's my instinct too, and yet, boy, that sounds like a lot. It does sound like a lot right now. Yeah. But but if he if he he's wins, too talented not to still continue to be one of the elite golfers. But I do hear him talk, and I do wonder if it's. You know, he doesn't have that so killer this, instinct that Tiger had. When he, he, of course he, he doesn't. But he doesn't have the Brooks Kepka killer instinct. I think, you know, to the point I think you referenced earlier, he wants to make people happy yep. rather than I, wanting to be yeah. great. I, think I, I would agree with that. And so, and, and so inevitably... Is he too nice? Is he yeah, too nice of a guy? I, I, think, I think he partially, might Partially, yeah. But it'll just be, you know, the same way we talked about with Tiger, what, what happens in 2020 now that he, he won the Masters and obviously has seemed disinterested the rest of the year. I think by the same token, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Rory. Will this moment at Portrush be kind of a fork in the road? Does he say, look, I have to figure out a way to get past these, these mental blocks that I have at certain times, focus on golf, and I have... X number of years to win X number of majors, and I have a window that that I need to 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 make golf my priority again. And I don't want to say he has to change, but I and I certainly hope he doesn't because he seems like a nice guy. But maybe you do have to change your mentality and stop stop trying to be I so think nice. His interviews and, are incredibly refreshing and candid, and they and are honest and genuine. And, and you don't necessarily have to change that, but maybe right. you don't be not such a nice guy. On the golf course, maybe don't don't commit to that so many other things. Someone, right? you, you know, I mean, maybe where where people, you know, sponsors, whatever, could always count on Rory being the one that would show up, and he's engaged with whatever they're asking him to do. Do you have to push that stuff aside if you really want to win more? Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. It'd be a hard thing to do, right? So, so what makes me think he won't win four more? But he's it's still, nice that we're all armchair psychologists, aren't yeah, we? Well, I mean, do you yeah. think that's, well, that's the, is that the reason he's not doing it, or is it is it because he's not winning because of outside issues? And and 
I, I don't, I'm not qualified to say yes or no, but I, I think it has to do more with what we were talking about before, that in certain situations it means too much to him and he's trying too hard. Well, it's mental. Got, the the, yeah, the physical think, and the, the God-given ability I think that he has you, you is need not the issue. a degree of selfishness, and I'm not sure he has it. But is, you every, know what I mean? He, there needs to be... Well, even when he won... Because it needs to be about... You know, your passion and desire to be great. When he won a congressional, it was like the, oh, shucks, this is so fun. I'm smiling and laughing on every shot. And I get it. Because he won it by a million. by eight. But, you know, and right. it was and, coming easy to him. Yeah. And, and you know, was was Tiger like that when he won a pebble by a million? Or was he trying to birdie every hole and win by 20? I remember vividly he was all about <laughs> not making a bogey yeah. in the final round. You know what I mean? Was, those are the things that were, you know, he would be step on your throat guy. And Rory I don't, do I don't it. say that critically of Rory. I mean, he's, he's no, in many ways it's it's a it's, great personality. To your point, refreshing. Trait. Yes, Absolutely. to see somebody who's has you know, that kind of joy. I look at other sports where people talk about guys are uh, if they're going to sign somebody to play for a team, and they often will say he really wants to win. And my response to that is everybody wants to win. The people who are the best and the most competitive people are the ones who hate to lose. And, uh, you know, it may, you may be able to work, as you said, you, that may work against you a little bit in golf, but is there a better definition of a guy who hated to lose visibly watching him than Tiger? And uh, Nicholas was much more contained and inside, but you could see it in his eyes. He did not want to lose. He might have been gracious if he did. But, you know, to me, that I don't think he has that. I don't think he hates to lose. And that's probably what drives away some of those, you know, maybe it's doing too much. Maybe it's that realization. But um, I think he felt bad when he lost. Well, we all sure, agree that it's physical talent is, is, is elite. So, so we're all kind of saying the same thing, that it's somewhere inside him yeah. is not necessarily elite, for lack of a better way to put it. Right. I just want to ask about one other guy, even though. I mean, he was in it as he does what he always does, but he got close enough to tease you, but not to win Ricky Fowler. How does he get over the hump? I mean, because he's a guy I've become, and since I started doing this show with you guys, I've been more aware of him because you guys have said good things about him. And I, I, I root for him now, but I'm just sitting there going, he just, he's, he's got a, he can't, you know, one step up, two, or two steps up, one step down. He just, doesn't seem like he can get there or he's not there yet yeah you know it's funny he seems to respond well to bogeys but the problem is he makes too many of them you know what I mean (laughs) it's like he'll make a double and then he'll birdie the next hole well that's admirable in and of itself but the reality is he makes doubles he seems to always make a mistake Uh, you know he's physically talented I think he's got a good mental attitude but for some reason some way somehow he's Gets in his own way. Yeah. And I wonder now if he ever will win a major. I actually wonder that. I do too. Because he's he's so good, and yet it's not getting easier. And every major you don't win, it gets harder. And every year that goes by, it gets harder. And every time a new young stud comes out, it's harder. I think that it's going to be harder. I still think he's too good not to win one. But, you know, again, he keeps getting in his own way, one way or the other. He yeah. just seems to get it. You his think own he's going to roll, and then there's that mistake. It's like every time. Yeah, I know. It's it's. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe you know. I, I do wonder if his swing is you know flat and quick, and does that promote those odd shots? I mean, maybe that's yeah. part of it. You know, I, I don't know, but um, he he makes too many mistakes. All right, uh, let's talk about the broadcast for a second. What what did uh, I'll hold on my opinion, but what did you well, think? why do you did, lead with your opinion? Because well, you're obviously I, I, for some reason, that's, that, I'm going to say something the first time I've ever said in my entire life and never <laughs> thought I would ever say it. I like something Fox does better than someone else in an NBC. I thought the Fox broadcast of the U.S. Open was far superior to NBC. And I, I, think, it, I think part of it... Um, and this is personal preference, but well, uh, I just I don't like Dan Hicks for some reason. It just it doesn't. He's too reverent. I mean, 
it's great to understand how good they are and really like golf. And, you know, as I said with Jim Nancy, obviously, might be the only guy I know who likes golf more than you. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, something about him that the whole, that sets the tone. I just, I didn't like the guys on the, on the, on the, uh, on the course. I think Azinger is awesome. I think Azinger is yeah. great. So, I mean, I would tell you, I think he does a great job. I'm used to Roger Maltby, no big deal. I think Tarico is quite good. Yeah, I like Tarico a lot. Um, I yeah, mean, I got a thing with Tarico too. That, that goes back to being in this. We were in a bar in <laughs> Seattle at the Final Four in like 1994, or something like that. All right. <laughs> anyway, he was. He lived. Let's put it. This so way. I didn't. I didn't. I guess why I asked you to lead is because there's nothing that stood out to me that. Nope. Maybe I just thought it was, was a regular NBC yeah. golf channel. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, maybe that's just me. Um, and find something. Dan phobia. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate him. Like I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, okay. that's his wife. Okay. Yes, it's not. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. That's wagging over and here. And she went where? Let me guess. Oh gosh, no wonder. Didn't Dan Hicks have a like a grill blow up on him a couple years ago? <laughs> where at Notre Dame tailgate or? No, I think it was. They were at home. <laughs> I have no idea. Am I am I imagining that? I, I'll I, thought, that. I didn't think women were allowed. In. I thought that was all men. Notre Dame. No. <laughs> anyway, you did Plus, <laughs> I don't get the thing with David Ferry either. <laughs> he doesn't do anything for me. They make a big deal, and I just—it was Hannah Storm who had the grill blow up on her. Yes, you're right. Actually, you are. Right. She had an exploding backyard in her yes. backyard. A gas grill exploded. Yeah. Yeah, did Dan light it? Hmm. Did Dan light it? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good I'm question better than Nora O'Donnell. She's been known to backstab competitors. What? Where do you come up with these things? <laughs> no, no. No, Nora no, O'Donnell no. just took over the CBS. I understand who she is. She was pushing. Was the the word the scuttlebutt was? She was like pushing people off the cliff to get I that think job. They're all like that. Well, maybe. So <laughs> I'm just saying, it was more more likely than somebody like that than her husband. That's all. all right. Anyway, all right. Uh, so. Uh, the other now what is the rest of the schedule for the PGA. We're in uncharted territory with no PGA championship being played in August. Uh, we do have the FedEx Cup. We've got two more events before that. Uh, and then the President's Cup in December. Who came up? Well, is that because it's in Australia and the yes. weather's up? Yeah, okay. Um, if you what think you, about it, that is a stupid time for it. It really it's is. It's like a week before Christmas. I mean, who's, you know, my God, and it's football season and... I mean, heck, by then basketball started, and I mean, it's oof, not going to not going to get a lot of interest over here. And yet, I will be watching. I will too. <laughs> you know what's funny is when I heard that Back it was in December, <laughs> I actually thought to myself, "Man, it's going to be awesome to watch golf in December." I'm well, so, it's going to be in, it's going to be on in the middle of the night because it's in Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So middle the first tea will be December. at ten o'clock at night. It'll be the, you know, the first tea time. Middle of December. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, and Scott's watching the first yep. guy tee off. And guess what? I'm going to be getting a text from Dave about it. <laughs> yes. Because he'll be up. He'll Tiger be mad be, about Dan Hicks. Tiger, yes. No, Tiger will be the first three stories in the, on the well, website. He'll be all and over. And he's the coach. Yep. Anyway, um, so what do you think is going to happen? I mean, is interest going to wane? Interest going to interest going to stick You know, I don't or? know. I think my first thought is that I was the one who thought the schedule change was a good thing. I'm not so sure as I sit here you know, at the end of the four majors, it did seem a little cramped and condensed. And now here we are in the next four weeks, we're going to be cramped and condensed. So um, I'll be curious how I feel after the tour championship, but it sure seems like an awful lot. And if I was a player, boy, it'd be hard to get up for all these events. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, you know, it's weird. It's, and I've won who's, I've been one who's maintained, well, I'll be more interested in the FedEx cup now. And I think I will be, um, I think there's... But you're that, not right now, are you? No. I mean, I'm not even excited about this weekend. I was really. actually surprised to learn it was a WGC mm-hmm. at first. When I heard Rory say, I'm going to Memphis, I'm like, what are you going to Memphis? Are you going to see Grace Lander? What's going on here? But but I didn't even realize until all of a sudden almost everyone played in the the British Open is in Memphis. I'm thinking, wow, that's tough. It is. It's, it's weird, but, you know, I, I'm guessing there'll be more tweaks with all this. And Yeah, I, would, I, th- I think you're right. Eventually, the, the players are going to express some dissatisfaction. And um, But you know what? I always kind of like the end of the golf season. I actually, I guess I'm such a golf dork, I start to pay attention to the web.com stuff. I like watching that stuff on the golf what? channel. Sorry, Corn, Corn Ferry. Ferry. Um, it's even hard to, I mean, 
I mean, it's just it's surreal that July is almost over. I right. mean, life life is on a bullet train, yeah. as I've I've said before. I think it's it's crazy. I don't know that I the the scoring and the system and the whole thing that goes into the FedEx Cup. To me, I think for the for the civilian who they're trying to get. Look, you referenced me as a golf junkie, which I'll accept um, happily, but I don't get it. Right. I don't know the points. I have no idea. Right. And and you know, inevitably, part of the problem. All the other playoffs that we watch, it's very clear. One guy plays another one, wins, they move on. The guy who loses is out. How weird is it that you have somebody who wins the tournament but doesn't win the FedEx Cup? You know, that's, right. there's something, you know, just inherently odd and not, you know, doesn't seem to work that way. And so I'm not suggesting there's another way to do it. But, you know, as, an, as a spectator and someone who loves watching sports, wouldn't it be nice to actually have it more clear and concise as to who's going to win and who isn't. And if you win, that means you actually do win. Plus they to... took like the top eight and then had a match play event with those guys. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Yes. I mean, yeah. because in theory, if Rory wins this week, doesn't play Wyndham, wins the first two FedEx, I would assume no one could catch him. Right. Regardless of how what he finished in the next two. So and he could the... finish last in the final right. event and, and still win. Yeah, it's like when the Red Sox lost like seven in a row a couple of years ago in September and blew like a ninth inning lead to the Yankees and clinched the division and they had a big party in the middle of an eight game losing streak. To me it just it seemed weird and I, I don't have any answer for you know, I written, Matt and I were talking earlier in the year about maybe you could set it up and play those things, those last three events on marquee courses, but I I, I don't well, I like do that. think this year they did the funky stroke thing where you're gonna actually start the final round all like um Relative to your point standings, don't they have a a different setup this year? Where I don't know. where you're literally, if you're number one in the FedEx Cup, you're going to be given a couple shot advantage or something. Oh, I think now I remember that. I I can't, I can't remember I don't exactly remember what the it actual, is. How they're going to do it, but even that seems hokey. Yeah, yeah, I don't, gimmicky, I don't. quirky, whatever. I kind of like the idea of you know play two rounds. I don't know. Somehow getting to match play, I don't know. That seems to make some sense to me, but I don't know. You kind of think the guys would get a kick out of that. If, if I mean, obviously, don't make it too big of a number, but um, well, how about one and two playing each other for you know on thanks the day the day after Thanksgiving on pay per view, right? From Japan. I don't think you need to go to Japan, but isn't that where Rory and Tiger are going to begin going to do their skins? Yeah, I, I just think they got to come up with Jason something Day. that you can really, I, you know. I think, I think. Now, it would be interesting to me. I don't know. From Is he going to win another one? Huh? Is he going to win another one? Who? Jason Day. Well, he was also in that group that missed the cut as well. With little Stevie Williams whipping him as a caddy. Who knows? <laughs> hey, you see Sergio throws driver at his caddy. No. He hit a bad tee shot, and they're walking off the tee, and the caddy's sort of back behind him to his right. Sergio didn't even turn around, just throws the driver. Boy, hard not to like him. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I bet his driver was nonconforming, yeah. too. Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, let's go to the, the weekend event at the St. Jude in, um, in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, predictions. Matt, who are you going with? Oh, we're going straight into Predictions. Um, talk about the, talk about the tournament. I, I don't really have anything. To say. It's <laughs> going to be hot. You didn't get the, They're going to eat the, barbecue. You didn't get to make room for Daddy Classic. Um, I'll I'm taking DJ this week. Well, interesting because you've already acknowledged you don't care about this week's tournament, but you wanted to talk further about it. I thought that was interesting, but um, I thought that's because I didn't want to talk about oh, it. <laughs> that might be it too. <laughs> uh, I I don't you know I can't sit here and, and go on wax poetically about the the Memphis event, but I will take Justin Thomas. That's a good pick. He was probably 1A for me. He played well last week. I feel better now that Matt has given me two thumbs up on my pick. All right, well, I'm Did like you the, feel gross when, when Rom was winning for a while on Thursday? At least tell me you felt bad about the fact that you had... Basking in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know what happens whenever you cheer for somebody you don't like? And then they, you know, mm-hmm. I was well, going to say something bad, but then they, they don't do well. You're like, it's almost twice as bad because first we pick somebody you don't And like. now you hate them even more because totally. you pick them and they played terribly. And they yes. Thank you. That's Who how did you I pick, felt. Matt, last week? Matt Wallace. Right. He did not make oh, the that's cut. Right. That's right. 
I picked the wrong Englishman again. I never pick the wrong, the right Englishman, the correct Englishman. It's, it's you know, if I knew that Shoffley's driver was going to be non-conforming, I wouldn't have picked him. But anyway, um, I'm going to go with Patrick Candlett. I like him. He's that's a good pick. He's slow too. Yeah. Yeah, well, he hits no shot. I'm like the, I'm like the, um, no. He stands over his putts and he's wiggling his feet. Then he wiggles his feet, and then he wiggles his. It's like, oh my god, get comfortable already. Mm-hmm. Get it. All right. Would you play that slow if you meant it? You'd be that good. I'm not terribly patient, so I'm not sure. I could. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. Do it. I mean, are you gonna? I mean, I, I don't. I don't think I could. I like literally. I'd stand over there and I'm like, I'm standing on the show only because Matt says I have to because I'm going to play good. <laughs> and I'm wondering what I'm supposed to be thinking about as I'm still standing over the shot as I'm waiting to go. Can I go yet, Matt? Is it still? Even if I, I mean, that's sort of what my mindset would be. Yeah. Even if it meant I was going to be a better player if I played slow, I wouldn't do it. I, I don't believe you, but that's fine. You're driving a 30-year-old car. You mean you wouldn't take the, the, the fame and fortune? Well, no, that good. That's another story. I'm talking about... You don't in, have that already? In everyday life. I'm talking about now. If I just went out and played and would... If I played a lot slower and I would score better, I don't think I would do it. Yeah. It, it's hard to be different than you are, right? I mean, right. It, if that's who you are, I mean, unfortunately, Patrick Cantlay is slow. It's yeah. hard for him to play fast. You are who you are. You're right. All right. That'll do it for Preferred Wait, Lives. Pick? What's that? Candlelight. Oh, yeah. That's why we were talking about. Right. Don't mind me. Yeah. He's the guy who wanted to start while he was doing two other things at the same time. All right. Uh, my thanks to Scott and Matt. Enjoyable as always. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. All right. And before we go, let me just say thanks to uh, the presenting sponsor, Preferred Lives, Golf and Ski Warehouse. We're for the best selection, service, and savings. Swing by whoosh, Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire and in Scarborough, Maine. Learn more about all the great products at GNS and get directions at GolfSkiWarehouse.com. See you next week, everyone.